Welcome back, everybody. It is episode three of Bibliophile AF. I am your soon-to-be favorite host, if not already, Rane. And we're here. Happy whatever day of the week it is that you're listening to this episode. Um, Happy you're here. Hope you stick around. And yes, if you have a glass of wine with you or a glass of water, tea, whatever the case, take a sip of that real quick. Let's... (sighs) Yes, I, you know... I typically don't drink during the week unless it's a major event or a you know special celebration of some sort. But I wanted a glass of wine. Honestly, I wanted a glass of wine today just to, you know, e- ease the night in. It, it was a great work day. I've uh, been reading a lot, of course, <laughs> to keep up with this podcast. Uh, and I just figured, you know what? The hell with it. We're just going to have a glass, have a nice little glass of wine, a nice medium size. I'm not even going to say little. I'm not going to lie to you. A medium sized glass of wine. <laughs> but yes, we're here. And if you listen to the last episode, you know what we're talking about today. But before we get there, how is your day going? How is your week going? Did you overcome any obstacles? Are you currently dealing with an obstacle? Um, you got it. You got it. You're going to make it at the end of the road. There's definitely a light there and and you're passing through that. (laughs) Absolutely. But yes, this week has been great. Um, We are in the week of Halloween. So I hope everybody had a great Halloween weekend with the kids or by themselves. Uh, I feel like Halloween is not what it used to be. And if you feel me, please shoot me a comment or something like I just need to know that I'm felt with this one emotion because I loved Halloween truly I really loved Halloween um obviously you got to dress up you get to walk around different neighborhoods get some cook um, cookies some hey I mean cookies candy any kind of treats whatsoever you know you got a little scared sometimes more scared than you wanted to be uh And now, I don't know, maybe because I'm an adult and I don't have children, so I don't really get to see the scene that way anymore. But where we just moved, we're kind of like not in the middle of nowhere, but kind of in the middle of nowhere to the point where there's no kids trick-or-treating on this side. So I was kind of bummed this year. I really am looking forward to giving out candy at some point. You know, I might just have to next year just make plans to go visit my grandma and help her pass out candy or something because... I miss it. I I miss being a part of the scene. I really do. So I hope everybody had a great Halloween. If you don't celebrate it, I hope you had a great weekend in general. Uh, If you haven't checked out me and SP's costume, definitely do so. We, uh, I got him to dress up. I was excited because he, you know, he's one of those guys. "Ah, I don't really want to dress up, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, no, we're going to dress up. We had a housewarming slash costume party to go to. And yeah, it it came out kind of cute, I think. So bibliophile.af underscore on Instagram. Uh, If you haven't followed us already, be sure to do so. Check out our costumes and the random shit that I post on the page. (laughs) Let's get into it. (laughs) Let's get into it. Okay, so today we're talking about a fabulous memoir with... A controversial title but I think a well thought out title for this author honestly we're talking about I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy 
And for those of you who are not familiar with Jeanette McCurdy, she is a writer, director, podcaster. Um, I believe her podcast is called Empty Inside. I'm really looking forward to listening to that, by the way. And I think it's exclusively on Apple Music. Uh, And she's also a former actress, um, which is what a lot of this book, if not all of it, is really about. Uh, She is most known for iCarly. She was Carly's best friend, Sam Puckett. Uh, She was kind of the sarcastic, meanie type one. Um, And the book is just fabulous. The book is unapologetically fierce in a humorous way and in a way that is oftentimes uncomfortable but completely necessary. I mean, we don't talk enough about the feelings that we feel about life I think you know the she she really does a great job of saying what you're thinking I think um and I think that's important we always need that one person that's gonna say what you're thinking especially if you're scared to say it you know because some things do need to be said some things you know you can hold back a little bit uh but some things definitely need to be said and I think that it was really important that she put this memoir together and she told her truth you know I think it's huge especially Again, with a title like this, I mean, you obviously go into this book and you're not sure what you're expecting. You think she's bashing her mom the whole time, whatever the case. But when you dive into these pages, it just becomes more and more clear why she felt like she needed to get this all out on paper. At least for me, it really did. So just to give you a little bit of a summary, and like I said, I don't want to give too many spoilers. However, with a book like this, a memoir... It's a little difficult, so I am going to give a little bit of uh, spoilers <laughs> this time around, but I'll try my best not to do so much that it ruins your reading of the book or listening, because I heard she does the audiobook version. So by the way, if you don't want to read it, I would love to actually listen to her reading this book because I think it'd be awesome. But the memoir is basically recounting her life with her mother uh, and just how it affected her growth, um, both as a professional and just as a child slash adult um it talks about her acting career just how she got started the experiences that she's had uh all of the above anything that you can really think of she she touches base on i think uh and yeah it's that's that's clearly summing it up (laughs) and basically she really dives into some really dark moments and I do want to give a trigger warning because I think it's important for this kind of book um she's being brutally honest you know she's adding humor to it so it's really much of an easier read but she is talking about some very traumatic experiences um mainly uh eating disorders um you know just (sighs) things that unfortunately a lot of people deal with and again I think it's something we don't talk about enough especially in a world where weight is such a big thing um weight has always been a big thing in my life um I've always struggled with my weight um losing weight gaining weight anything else in between I have friends that have also struggled with the same things and it's scary how much or how important that is in our lives. And it's not that you shouldn't be healthy, but here's the thing, when you're pushing the, you gotta be skinny, you gotta be skinny, instead of you have to be healthy, you have to be healthy, and that looks different on everybody, that can be a real issue. Um, You know, right now we're living in the world where everybody gets their body done. Um, 
you know, and we have to be honest with ourselves. A lot of times I think that really comes from place of self-hate, you know, and, and, and a lot of times that self-hate comes from what you've been told or taught in your household. And so we just want to be careful and mindful of how we speak to anyone, you know, um, there have been so many moments in my life walking in the house and the first thing that's said is, oh, you look, you lost weight or, oh, wow, you look good or, you know, and it's never, oh, wow, you're flourishing or I heard your business is doing amazing. It, it was so often you're losing weight or, oh, you look like you're gaining weight. And it's like, number one, <laughs> this is my body. So I am fully aware of what it looks like. Um, and number two, damn, can I walk through the door? <laughs> can I walk through the door? You know, but it's and I don't think people often do it with with malice intent I think it's just or malicious intent rather I think it really just is in their own way maybe a sort of love language I personally don't get it but it's happened so often and I hear about it from other people so often that I know that it's more common than it should be honestly Uh, but I say all of that to say eating disorders are a big conversation piece uh, in this book and it's very concerning um, of course you know what I mean because now you looking at this person or maybe other people that you know and you're kind of asking yourself or at least I was just hmm did they deal with something like this is this something that you know might have affected their lives at some point and then of course the kicker is the relationship she had with her mother um yeah (laughs) this was one of those books where I loved because in the beginning, she's kind of writing from that childlike perspective. So her writing style is different and it really progresses as she gets older and transitions into adulthood, which I really loved. I feel like that added a lot of value to the book. Um, But when she's talking about her mom, I had a, a few moments where I was thinking, okay, let me think of this from a kid's perspective and let me think about what I what I would be feeling in this moment. And is it just me being a kid and feeling this or is this really wrong? Um, And I found myself stopping and asking myself that a lot because let's be honest, as kids, we don't want, we don't want to deal with a lot of shit. You know what I mean? And we don't understand a lot, but I think in this case, a lot of what was happening was wildly inappropriate. And I'm just so proud of her (laughs) I just want to say I don't know her never probably will know her I am so proud of Jeanette McCurdy because I think that this is such a huge thing to be able to tell what she told about you know it might be simple unfortunately for some people but I think for her it was just a true telling and it was things that she didn't like but she felt she couldn't speak about in those moments and I just have to give her her flowers um So yeah, so some surprising moments from the book. Um, Her mom was still wiping her butt and showering her with her older brothers at a later age. She was like eight and 13 and she was still doing these things and it was a control thing. That's really what I got from her relationship with her mom is her mom had this strong need to be in control. And I think it's because her life around her wasn't as controlled as she might have liked it to be it wasn't where she wanted it to be so in this one instance with her child she really felt like she had all of this control and she could really use that to uh, her advantage you know unfortunately and yeah reading those 
those two moments, you know, when her mom was wiping her butt and her she was sharing with her older brother, I just was like, okay, I hear about younger kids. We're talking maybe two, three years old where their parents are, of course, wiping their butt and, you know, even a little bit older, maybe four or five, still getting their bite, white butt or butt wiped um, because they're not doing it well. But as old as she was, and she even asked her mom for permission to go to the bathroom by herself um, or going to the stall by herself. And it just, her mom would get emotional and she would break down. And it was, it was like this manipulating episode after episode that she would experience with her to the point where she just was like in her childlike mind, like, okay, let me just let her do this to me, you know, even though it's uncomfortable for me and it makes me feel stupid. Um, so that was surprising and also really hard to read. Um, and then just with her eating disorders, um, it, it seems that her mom really pushed her to do that, um, especially as an actress. I think her mom felt like this was the way she could control her weight. Uh, and you see throughout the relationship, she she pokes at it and, oh, well, you really shouldn't be eating that. And But still, you know, it's not good for you, you know. And of course, we want our children to be healthy, but anorexia and bulimia are not healthy you know and we it's just so scary because I I wonder from her mom's perspective did she just not understand the line between those things I I don't know you know and it's it's a question unfortunately we will not ever get to ask um because unfortunately and you can look this up her mom did pass um a few years back and yeah it's it's just you know a sad sad retelling sad recounting of you know her life and um but again she does a really great job of making it humorous and uh sam puckett's character um not to compare her with her real life persona but uh i think that they resemble each other in the fact that they can be a little sarcastic um you know again from what i understand and from what i read i really read it sometimes in those sarcastic tones or in those like jokingly but serious tones and I appreciated that because she softened a lot of blows um in this memoir and um I think that's great especially for people that would be triggered otherwise I think it just kind of eases them into reading what they're reading um which is so so necessary absolutely so themes takeaways for me um finding your voice childhood trauma and the consequences of it, uh, facing hard truths. But the biggest one for me is living vicariously through your children. (laughs) So I don't know what it was for me. Once I understood what that meant, living vicariously through your children, I immediately knew I never wanted to be that person, that parent ever, ever, ever. If I was ever going to have children, I never wanted to feel like I didn't live my life so much that I had to now put it on my child and hope and have them live it for me. Um, And this is really shown throughout the memoir. I mean, the only reason really she got into acting was because of her mother. And it's sad because you you realize how much it affected her doing this one thing that's making other people happy making her her family her mother happy but it's tearing her up it's tearing her up and it's it's so scary for me um I'm very thankful 
and I was having a conversation with my mom about this um, the other day, actually. I'm very thankful that my mom was not that mom. Um, I always looked at my mom or still look at her, of course, as a free spirit. You know what I mean? She's a modern day hippie in her own way. And I love that for her. Uh, flower child in her own way, you know, but knows how to keep it professional, knows how to do her thing when she needs to. And she never pushed any of her dreams onto me. Um, if anything, she was always just absolutely supporting my dreams, what I wanted to do. And if I felt like I didn't want to do that anymore, she came to a place where she understood and just tried to relate to what I was feeling. And I am just so appreciative of that. Um, and if I didn't say it the other day, mom, thank you. I love you so much. And I just appreciate you for being the mother that you were and for always supporting me no matter what. And just for being my best friend, because you really are. Um, and yeah, <laughs> we got to stop that. And I think when I think about living vicariously through children, I think that it's, I would assume rather, I, I don't know because I don't have children. Um, but from what I've seen and from what I can understand, I think sometimes it's, it's not even realized. You don't even recognize that you're doing that, that you're pushing your own dreams onto your children. Um, I had a family member who, you know, was constantly being pushed to play sports all the time I mean so much so that she couldn't even she didn't have a moment from what I remember as a child she didn't even have a moment to hang out with her friends and family it was literally she'd be outside for five minutes and then it's like okay come on we gotta work out and we gotta throw some you know softballs and we gotta do this and we gotta do that and I'm like damn like there's she has no character here you know and you're doing all of this pushing and to me that was a real moment for me um where I felt like one or both of her parents were really living vicariously through her and wanted her to accomplish these dreams that they themselves didn't get to. Now, I think on the other hand, though, they really just wanted her to be great. They wanted her to play a sport. And that's why I feel like it's so difficult to differentiate between the two. You know, there is really a fine line between I just want my child to be better than I was or, you know, to live a healthy and successful life um, and... I want my child to do what I didn't get to do. Or I want my child rather to be who I couldn't be. And I think that's the worst we can do. Worst thing we can do. That's the worst thing we can do, I think, as parents. And again, I'm not one, so I can only speak to a certain extent. And I don't mean to offend, but I think that truly the worst thing that we can do to children is try to convince them to be something that they don't want to be. And then to almost manipulate them to believe that this is the answer to their life and then not allow them to experience life on their own to make their own decisions and then you have to think about things like eating disorders you know sleeping disorders toxic relationships that they end up in suicide I mean we could get really deep with how much things like that could really affect children or adults even um but I I, I say all of that to say if you find yourself with your children or you know, ch you know, kids that you babysit or whatever the case, um, if you find yourself pushing your child to be something, really take the time to ask yourself if that's what they want, if you think that's going to benefit them truly and that, you know, is reflected in their character or if that's what you want, if that's what you wanted in your life. And so you just can't imagine them not doing it because you wanted to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs>
that's, you know, that, that, that was a really big thing for me, um, in this book. And, you know, even I've talked to SP about this multiple times. Um, and I even brought it up after finishing this book, you know, I, one day we were in the car and I just repeated, you know, if we ever have kids, I just, I don't ever want us to try to live vicariously through them. And he was like, you say that a lot. (laughs) And I realized I I do actually, I, I really do. And I, again, I'm thankful to not have had that experience. Um, but I think I've seen it enough times to understand that that's just not something I want to bring to the table, um, in my own family, you know? And again, I, I don't, I don't knock anybody. You know, I think a lot of times it is really an unconscious thing. It's an unconscious behavior, um, or a subconscious behavior, but it is real (laughs) and it has to be acknowledged. And I, I appreciate Jeanette for, shining light on that in this book that that really meant a lot to me reading this memoir um again not as somebody who's experienced that but just as somebody who understands that how horrible it seems to be so yeah (laughs) uh to lighten the load a little bit I want to give you two quotes uh that I really loved from the book the first one is grandma says nutter butters soothe her anxiety and I just thought that was hilarious. I don't know why. It just reminded me, my, you know, my grandma, I, I come from a mixed household. Um, my grandma, her love language is food. So I, when I read that line, I just immediately pictured my mom being like, you, you're hungry? You, you need something? You know, like just in the instances they were in, like being in the hospital when her mom was sick, you know, and just her grandma saying, yeah, Nutter Butter soothed my anxiety. I, I just need to like eat something real quick. Like, I, I don't know. It, it just was a funny moment, but it was super relatable. Um, and I love that. So that was one of my favorite quotes. And then another, uh, how many times can you sell a line you don't believe in before your soul dies? And I'll say that again. How many times can you sell a line you don't believe in before your soul dies? So we're getting a little deeper there. And that entire page, that entire chapter um, was super beautiful because this is when she really just started speaking her truth and acknowledging things for what it was and not what she wanted it to be or what her mom wanted them to be. And I loved that for her. And so that line was just super important as a reader um, because you just understand kind of where she's at mentally and just the progress she's making in her own life and again you have to love that for her you have to love that for anybody who can at least have that real conversation with themselves and ask themselves that question so yeah that, those, those are my two favorite quotes <laughs> um and I love that um yeah Jeanette just does a great job of like I said making triggering moments easier to read through you know to think through uh there were a lot of moments in the book where I just again had to pause and even not having gone through those situations you still think damn I can't imagine and you picture because she does a good job of painting a picture you know things were happening to her body and and she's really telling you what that experience is like and I appreciate that because unfortunately there are so many people children and adults alike who have experienced these eating disorders and can relate to that but I think reading it on paper I would hope would really paint a picture for them that they might otherwise have blocked out and would really help them get the help that they need 
Um, speaking of help, uh, another surprising moment for me was how involved her uh, therapist was with her progress. So around page 236-ish, she does start to see a therapist. Um, I won't tell you what the end result of that uh, is, but what I will say is I was amazed at how involved her therapist was with just trying to make her better. Um, Obviously, I think it might be at a different level because she was in a different, you know, lane of life. You know, she was an actor. She had access to a few more things. Um, But I thought it was beautiful. Uh, And I don't think we talk enough about the importance of therapy. So I I do want to take this moment. And I'm sorry, this episode is a little deeper than you might have expected. But um, it's a necessary episode. Um, Please don't knock people that are seeking therapy. Please don't knock people that are coming to you and saying, I think I want to see a therapist. Uh, Too often, especially in Black Spanish households, um, in my experience, too often we find that as a negative thing. Oh, you're going to see a therapist. Why? You know, oh, what do you need a therapist for? Stop it. We all went through that or whatever. Stop doing that, please. Please stop doing that. It's already hard enough as it is to take or have the courage to go see somebody about what you're feeling, to talk to somebody without you throwing it in their face that this is super unnecessary and that you can get over it yourself. No, embrace the fact that the person you love wants to seek help. Be a comforting shoulder in those moments. Please, you don't even know how much it'll change life. I mean, she was able to do it, you know, pretty much on her own. And again, although the end result wasn't what I expected, Um, she was just true about that whole experience. And I think that's so important. Um, And we just, you know, we need to be better about encouraging people to seek help when it's it's necessary. And even when it isn't, you know, it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. Um, We we really struggle with that. We're, We're very prideful. And when I say we, I just mean people in general. We can be very prideful. It's very hard for us to ask for help. And then... We're falling on our asses and blaming everybody for not being there. You know what I mean? Or just whatever experience you're having where, you know, pride gets in the way. I mean, we just have to be able to take a moment, say, you know what? I try to do that by myself. It's not working. Maybe I need to ask help, ask for help. Maybe I need to seek help. Maybe I need to phone a friend or a family member or a complete stranger that I met at the grocery store that said that they would love to hang out one day. I don't know, you know, whatever it is. um, I'd really hope that we could get past the point of shaming people that seek therapy or that are interested in doing so because um, it can be a really beautiful thing. And Jeanette really does a good job of painting a picture, even in her uncomfortability of just how important that is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I again thankful to not have had experience the relationship that she did with her mother but unfortunately I do know people that have very tricky relationships with their with their mother or their parents in general um you know I, I'm sure it's 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 harder than I can even imagine um I don't really have a relationship with my father so um I always said it took a village me and you know my mom, my aunt, my grandma, 
you know, my uncle, they, they really did a great job of helping raise me. You know, my mom had me at a young age. So there was a lot of, you know, moments where she was still trying to grow up, you know? And so my family really stepped in when it was necessary. And I always say that me and my mom grew up together and that really is why we become best friends because we grew together. Um, and although some moments were hard, um, we were able to come to a point in our relationship where we talked about what we were feeling, what I was feeling. We hashed it out. And I, I, I love that I'm able to do that. I love that my mom created a space for me to want to talk to her, to be able to talk to her. And our relationship has been like that ever since. Um, Jeanette talks about or not even talks about it you just really see she has nobody she unfortunately doesn't have anybody she has maybe two good friends that are you know also had their own lives and but for the most part she didn't really have anybody to teach her anything to show her anything to be there for her is what it seems like and you know you just got to take a moment to be thankful for the love that we have you know whether it's one person or 10 people you're lucky. We are so lucky to have that support system. Um, and we can't take it for granted. And, you know, when I hear friends tell stories about the relationships with their parents or their mom specifically, um, it's tough. It's tough. I know that it's overwhelming sometimes for people to be around me and my mom because of the relationship we have. And I, I feel like I acknowledge that a lot, depending on who I'm with. Um, but it's 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 very tough to see people go through those things and to want to have that relationship and, and not be able to. Um, so I know this, I'm, I'm not, you know, a parent, I'm not your parent in any way. But again, I am always here for anybody who needs a shoulder, a hand, an ear, <laughs> whatever. Um, you know, I think my friends would really attest to my character. I, I really am that person that you can come to for whatever and just talk to and um I I don't come from a place of judgment I'm gonna be honest with you (laughs) you might get some raw (laughs) conversation going but um also I know how to just listen I know how to just be there and I know how to just speak to you in a way that matters um and that's not me tooting my own horn or anything I'm just I just always want to know want people to know that that door is always open Um, Because I think a book like this, you know, makes you really realize how many people need people. I'm a firm believer that everybody needs somebody. Even if it's a friend, if it's a pet, (laughs) you know, everybody needs to feel like they're, they're wanted, like they matter. Um, And I think that Jeanette just really just, again, paints so many beautiful pictures in a humorous, yes, yet serious way. Um, And I appreciate that. Um, one other thing that she also does talk about that I felt like wasn't, I didn't want it to be the star of the show because I felt like the relationship with her mom and everything she was going through personally was so much more important. Um, but she does of course talk about show business. She does talk about her life on Nickelodeon. Um, and I think that paints a picture as well. Um, you know, I don't know if you're too familiar with what's taking place with Nickelodeon. I'm not so familiar, but I have read a few things about some major key players with, you know, with the show or or with the um, station. Um, And it's just a real telling of what show business is and how how dark it can be. 
Um, and you know, as much as we might've wanted to be in those positions, I'm very thankful, honestly, that I wasn't. Um, I don't think I ever wanted to be an actress at all. Um, I always felt like I was kind of a behind the scenes person, but we all have our dreams. You know, we all have our moments of, oh, I would love to be her, or, you know, I would love to be that person, especially as kids. And she really talks about that too how you know she doesn't want to sound ungrateful but she just she didn't like the position she was in and at a young age she didn't like it and she was good at it she just it just wasn't her thing um so I appreciated her painting a picture of just show business you know again we hear things we we make our own assumptions about what it is or what it isn't um obviously it's not all glitz and glamour I would hope that we would all know that at this point but uh, nonetheless I really appreciate her shedding light on those things while not diving so deep that it takes away from the real point of the story which is again her relationship with her mother and the things that she went through and finally just overcoming those things but understanding that she's still a work in progress um and that's why I say that I'm proud of her because in the end she's unapologetically speaking her truth and it took her so long to get to that point. And I think that's just a true reflection of all of us in our own way. I feel I truly can speak for myself that it took me a long time to understand who I really was without the pressure of friends and family who know you or know a version of you. Um, you know, you just got to separate in order to elevate, period. <laughs> that is such a simple yet truthful statement. And it, it can't go unnoticed. It can't go unacknowledged. You got to separate in order to elevate sometimes. And, you know, we're working progresses and we we're doing the best we can every day. And you have to take a moment and give yourself a pat on the back. Even if it's the worst day of the week, you made it through. <laughs> you made it through. You got through it. And you know what? You get to rest your head and you get to start over fresh the next day. And we just gotta we gotta remember that you know obviously we know it it could always be worse but that doesn't take away from what we're experiencing um and I think that that's just the truth of the matter so yeah (laughs) that is my review um all in all definitely five out of five um four out of four whatever star scale we're we're rating it on um it was really a a beautiful and easy read, a true telling of somebody who's experiencing life in a different way, um, but in a relatable way nonetheless. And if you haven't read it, please do. (laughs) It'll definitely be worth your time. And like I said, I, even with my schedule, I feel like I got through it pretty quickly. Um, And it'll make you laugh. It'll make you gasp. It'll make you sit there like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) what happened? You know, um, And so you got to love a book like that, especially a memoir. It's fun. And moments where I felt like, okay, we're wrapping up and she's going to kind of tell us, okay, I made it and I'm I'm good. And then she hits you with another little little banger. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) I was not expecting that. So, uh, yes, I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy. Um, Again, controversial title, but I do feel that it was something she thought really hard about. And I I have to give her her flowers for it. it. It's it's a tough choice to make to to put a title out there like that and I think that it works really well for just how she felt and her truth and again it's something worth reading and worth respecting I think in 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 her own in our own way in her own way and I hope you read it if you do uh 
shoot me a comment, DM again at bibliophile underscore AF or excuse me, bibliophile.af underscore. Oh man, I'm sending you to the wrong pages. Um, You'll find me regardless. But yes, bibliophile.af underscore on Instagram. Um, Shoot me a DM, comment, whatever you need to do. I'm here uh, and I can't wait to speak to you next week. Um, So of course, without further ado, the next book that we'll be talking about is the little prince um beautiful book (laughs) this one is sort of a children's book i and i say sort of because i i it's not super it's not super childlike in the sense of your three and four year olds are even going to understand it but it is about childhood um and it's a book that has been adapted into a movie been wanting to read it for a long time and now we're here um very beautiful and I'm so excited to talk to you about it uh The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry I believe it's a French writer um yes check it out it's an easy read short read um and beautiful uh you know one of those things where you have to let your mind release into the pages and it'll really show you something that maybe you weren't expecting so until next time be true to yourself never stop reading And I can't wait to speak to you soon. See you later.